Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Moon Pies, Mayhem, and Meeples. Now I need another word that starts with M. I've got it, Mega Moose. In this episode of RDTN, the guys record from the floor of the inaugural Mega Moose Gaming Convention. Hear about this new con plus games they played, including Scythe and Millennium Blades. And now... Hey, Rocky! Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat! Welcome to another special edition of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 99. On the road again, I'm Marty. I'm Tony. And we are live at Mega Moose Con late Saturday night down in Richburg, South Carolina. I don't know what you mean by live. You may have to define that for me. I mean, we have been up since 7 a.m., and it is growing very late, and we still have to get home, man, so I'm glad you're driving. <laughs> I know. I mean, really. No, that's true. Well, live meaning we're actually sitting over here in the corner of the gaming room and going to do the whole show right from here. That's right. And we're not looking at each other across from the monitors. So this is, we haven't done this. Do you realize in probably about 60 episodes, we haven't been face-to-face doing a live show? This is weird. Hopefully this will be good. Of course, it's kind of creepy, like you staring at me like that. So I'm just going to kind of look around. Yeah, just the, keep, the room yeah, and then I can watch you drink your water and I can't lean back in my chair and all that good stuff and let you go on. So anyway, yeah, live from Mega Moose Con. For a first time show, Marty, what do you think? This is good. Oh, yeah. This is good. Uh, the organizer, Mark Kell, has done a really, really good job. This convention center, Tony and I were talking about this. There's like this con- really nice convention center just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's right off a major interstate, which is just south of Charlotte, maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes outside of the city limits of Charlotte. Doing a quick math, and because of mile markers, it's exit will be you know, 100, and we're at 65, so you do the math. That's 30 minutes. Algebra. Yeah, so it's, it's very close by. It's a really nice, uh, up-to-date facility. It's like a newer facility. It's on an exit with a lot of fast food and places to eat. There's a couple hotels right nearby where they give special rates. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty well-spaced. I mean, hopefully it will grow, but, I mean, what do you have? Close to 100, 200? What was I, I it? I think you're starting to push 200, and we okay. still have another day left with a bunch of uh, one-day uh, people coming in on Sunday just to hang out here for that day. So for your first con, around 200 people, that's that's pretty darn good. That is good. Now, one of the nicest things, and I mean, it's the little things that can really set off you know, your experience. The thing I noticed the most is all the tables, they were plastic. Therefore, there were no splinter issues. <laughs> or the only is- incident I had was when I ran my knee up against underneath the table. But, I mean, that's kind of nice to have the plastic tables. You don't have to worry about cloths on it. Things fit very well on it. Easy to clean up. Cushioned chairs. Oh, cushioned chairs. That yeah, was the, a, the, a these are very So these, it's a convention center type furniture with the nice chairs and the nice round tables. Uh, the tables are all spaced out nicely. He has a couple vendors in the room. He has a couple game stores here selling uh, games during the day. Uh, they have a, a pretty decent library off mm-hmm. to the side where we can go check out games. He's running tournaments to where you can play for certain games. Uh, the best scores in a certain type of game will actually win a copy of that game. They actually have an escape room back in the back where you can pay to do escape room and the person with the fastest time getting out is awarded prizes. And then he's just giving away these daily raffle 
wonderful prizes like every hour on the hour. And there's some really great games he's been giving away. Oh, yeah. And then also you've got tons of demos going on. People could sign up on the scheduling event and say, say I'm going to demo this game or we're going to play this game, sign up. People were doing that, but there was plenty of tables for open gaming. You and I were doing that a lot today. There was Keep Talking or something. What's that computer game we got to play today? Keep Talking and Don't Explode. Something Just like keep that. Keep talking and nobody explodes. Or something like that. We got so we had people doing the software like that. Well, yeah, but it was uh, we got to use the Oculus Rift. That was freaky. So I got to do that. So I was actually wearing the Oculus Rift, and you're like in this room, and you're staring at the case that has the bomb. If anybody hasn't played this, it's a, it's an app you can download on your iPad and play, uh, where you can. It's a, it's kind of a puzzle type thing where there's one person describing what he sees on this case, and it's a set of puzzles. Everybody else has a manual that they're trying to decipher uh, these puzzles. As you tell them, they tell you cut these wires or punch in these codes to try to defuse the bomb. With the Oculus Rift, you're actually looking around the room and manipulating the uh, the bomb with a uh, was an Xbox One controller. That was really cool. Well, all I know is that's another reason why I said define live because every time we played, we blew up. Oh uh, yes, we did. But to be honest, we well, no, we did the easy mode and we got through it. I was the practice round, so you get used to the controller. No, that's true. But there were a lot of people who never played the game before. And if mm. you never played the game, there's a lot of these different puzzles you need to learn how to do. Uh, and it's one of those things, once you get used to the puzzles, you can kind of get through them a little bit quicker. But still, that was a really cool experience. And the back of the convention center, we haven't even been in there yet, but there's a whole RPG section. Right. But, I mean, Pathfinder's been going on there. They're still going on. A friend of mine from work, he's here, and he's been playing Pathfinder since probably 9 o'clock this morning. And he's still going strong in there. Holy cow, that's just unreal. And, but the, the focus of it is board gaming. Yes. While he has a, an RPG section, he said he wanted to make sure he catered to those people, but the largest room and everything is definitely for board gamings that's been what the focus of it is and tony you and i have got to play a lot of different types of games today and games we've never played before this is true so that's going to be good that we're going to be able to talk about some new games but before we leave over there i want to talk a little bit more about the food mark was able to bring in a very nice food truck yes so we had a food truck out there so you didn't have to leave this was for lunch only maybe next year other food the guy from the food truck he'll maybe back or maybe some other ones will show up sal's Sal's. It was right. Sal's, and he had a signature Philly cheesesteak sandwich, and that's what I got. Because when somebody says, this is my signature thing, that's what you get. Well, I just got a burger because that's all I wanted. It's like, don't go to Pizza Hut and order wings. What are they known for? They're known for pizzas. Or like going to Domino's and ordering a sub. Well, I asked him between the chicken Philly and the hamburger, which would he rather get? And he said he wanted the hamburger. That wasn't his signature. No, but I got the Philly cheesesteak, not the chicken Philly. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you get away with that one for a while. You right i should have ordered that but either way it was good feed good feed good good feed good feed good feed and then we've been snacking on moon pies all day of course not many people been wanting those what's wrong with these people well we every time we brought them out people wanted them right i know that's true i guess you know just going to keep their sugar level everybody should be coming getting them now as late as it is get their sugar levels up but it will close down around what Midnight. It's supposed to close at midnight, and then it will open again the tomorrow morning on Sunday. So it's only open Saturday and Sunday this year. Uh, but, but they opened early, so from 8 until 12. And I'm not sure how long it goes tomorrow, but it's longer than a typical con since it is only two days. So we had that. There were some special guests. Oh, there was a lot of people here Yeah, uh, from di- different shows and everything. group from uh, Tantrum House was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, not all of them are here, but a couple of them came by and, and hung out with us for a little while. They actually helped, us, helped me blow up in the, yes. uh, what's the name of that again? 
keep quiet and don't explode. Keep talking. Keep, keep talking. talking. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. Keep yeah, quiet. Keep quiet. Don't explode. That I think was the biggest problem we had in that game is we were always quiet. Oh, I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm supposed to be talking to you. So that, yeah. But what was really cool is what they brought us. Oh yes, they awesome. brought us a squirrel balloon animal. That's right. If for those of you who don't know, tantrum house. Melissa is known for doing balloon animals, mm-hmm. and she made us a squirrel balloon animal, and we've been posting pictures with him. He's sitting next to a box of moon pies with an empty RC because I was very thirsty. <laughs> but that was uh, really cool. Who else came here? Epic Gaming Night. Epic Gaming was Night with, with his crew coming in. Roy was coming in with his crew. Didn't get the, Oh, we did get to play a game, but we'll talk about that later. Where I got to play a game with them. You did not get to. Right. But so that they were here. Uh, Steve Avery, the designer, uh, game designer of things like Nothing Personal. And the new game that we're getting excited about, Tada, Ta-da. is going to be coming out. So he is also here. So there's a, got a lot of guests, special guests here. And not only that, but they had TV crews here. Uh, from a local news channel they had the local newspaper here taking pictures and there's this really really bad picture of me that they took and put out there yeah if you go search for the rock hill we'll put it in the blog fine i'll remember it but it's the rock hill (laughs) herald if anybody you you know we'll find it we'll get it out there i'll snap it and put it in there it's a pretty good one yeah well before we uh, get to the games uh tony and i are going to take a quick break because we've been sitting over here uh drinking water and i need to go run the potty i understand all right we'll be right back Gen Con just finished, and one of the hot games of the con, I'm sure, this is future Marty here, assuming talking, was Cry Havoc. Oh, you know it had to be Cry Havoc, because it's a beautiful, gorgeous game from Portal Games, and so I hope, hopefully future Tony is saying Ignacy probably sold out. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, you know. Don't forget a lot of their other great games that's coming out. I mean, remember 51st State came out this year. You still got Imperial Settlers with support event with the Aztecs coming out. Uh, in addition, we already know he's going to start talking about First Martians coming out uh, later on in, in several months, maybe early next year, and the expansion to Stronghold that Tony and I are very excited about. So even though Gen Con, Gen Con all those hot games, he's still got a lot of good games in the hopper that you can go check out. Yeah, I mean, you don't forget, I mean, 51st Day, Master said, we absolutely enjoyed that game. And, oh, man, I can't wait to get it back to the table. But, yeah, plenty of games. And also, be sure to go get those pre-orders in because I know they'll be starting to lighten up after he's finished up with Gen Con and gets a little relaxation. So, we're at a gaming convention. we got to talk games. Yes. Well, we got to. That's sure. why we're here, and that's also what our podcast is about. But for the first game of the convention. Oh, my gosh. It had to be. Oh, none my gosh. Other than, oh, don't even start. Strike was brought out. It was on the table. First thing, it was awesome again. Just love playing that game. It's becoming a tradition now. So now the past two conventions we've been to, Origins and here, the first game is Strike. Yes. I wonder if I'll break that tradition. I wonder if I just broke that tradition at Gen Con as I'm actually recording this before Gen Con, but this will come out after. Uh, and it depends on if you run into um, Rodney before you, you um, get going in games in Gen Con. If you see him immediately before it gets started, I'm sure Strike can be brought out. I know uh, he can do it. Yeah, I'm so sure he's way, bringing it. So here, Strike was played not once, but it was played a second time. I got the guys from Epic Gaming Night Podcast to play it with me as well. And once again, you know, had a great time. I won that time. Who won the first game? Do you remember? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It was all fun. Here, here just let me give you a little uh, too long did not listen. I didn't win one stinking game today. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so moving along. After Strike, we mm-hmm. were waiting for other things to happen. 
we actually got ourselves in a game, favorite game of mine. I still love playing it. Seven Wonders Tournament. Yes. Now, you did great on the first game of Seven Wonders Tournament. I killed it. I killed it on the first game because it was just, I forgot which which civilization that, that I had, but it's one that I, c- I could really work with. And this was really cool because it was like prize support. Coming from Asmodee where they had this really nice play mat and they had some promos and everything. So I thought, ooh, maybe there's a chance I get a play mat after that first game. But then we went to the second game, Tony, where the, the civilization that I got tend to focus on technology. Right, Babylon, which is my first one. That's what I had first. I never do technology. So now okay. I'm forced to do technology, and I, I just I blew it. All I had to do was just place first, second, or third, and I could have got myself a nice play mat. I finished fourth. What did I get? Promo, promo card. Yeah, you and I both got a promo card for our lack of ability to play Seven Wonders. Now, I will say this, and I don't know if it's a strategy. I've never thought about it, but it seemed like the people around me were starving for the what is it? The the not elements. Good gosh, the resources. Resources. Why did I suddenly say elements? Because it's late and we've been gaming all day long. They didn't have any resources to my left or to my right, so that meant it was up to me. And they knew that, and they were there for buying my stuff. I'm like, I'm fine. You can buy my the the money and all that, and then I can build later. But every time you play a resource card, you're obviously not getting a scoring card. Yep. And you're not getting the combo action of either in your science or um, the blue cards. And it was just like, oh, man. So either way, we didn't place as well as we probably should have. I do think Babel still makes that a, a much better game. And I need to play it sometime. And you have that expansion, correct? Yes, I do so have Babel. I'd still like to try it. I have not played Seven Wonders in quite a while. But anyway, that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. It was kind of like a tournament thing they were doing. That was one of the special games that they had here. Yeah. And, I mean, we had six people going. So it was a good tournament size for that. And they were talking about many, many. I, I think um, the guy hosting it said normally it's up to 15, 20 games or something for, ungodly for a tournament. took forever to play a tournament. I'm like, there's no way. No, no. Th- this was good. Yeah. Two, two games were done. That's right. And then we moved on to something else. Pyratoons. Pyratoons, yes. I brought Pyratoons down. Um, and this was another play for me. You finally got to play. I got to play it. I enjoyed that game. Okay. I, I thought for the light game that it was, I thought it was kind of fun. I really kind of like I thought that the timing mechanic would be very, very frantic. It's still somewhat frantic, but not crazy with how you flip, open up the board and you put your workers out there and, and try to take over the, the bits of the boat. But after a while, when your boat gets a certain size... It is kind of hard to keep up with what you need to do. Right. And, and all the end scoring. Now, that's always been someone's little knock on this game is that there's all this ton in-game scoring. So you kind of need to play it a couple times say, oh, i got to do this. i got to remember to do that. How do I match it up? And then one of the funniest things was during the auction phase, people kept tying. And that just, right. And just nullified all the auctions. And it, that was kind of interesting from that standpoint. But didn't win that one either. It's okay. I'm not going to get to say I won any of these games. So Okay. Did you place in that one? Like I don't even remember. It's fun. It's quick. I played it the night before with Donna and the neighbors. They enjoyed it um, as well. They thought it was fun. Now, what did you think of the 15-second timer? I loved it. Loved it because then there was this strategy of if I, I hope I can place my – because I love the mechanic of if – 
the resources, number of meeples are tied on, on one of the tiles that the minority, the person with the fewest has it. So sometimes I'd wait to try to place one real quick. And several times right as I was getting ready to do it, somebody would yell stop. Because once the timer expires, somebody can say stop and then nothing else can be placed. I kind of like that. That was kind of cool. That is a neat mechanic. Now, there's other rules about placing your meeples that I really didn't put on y'all about other than you have to use one hand because your other hand's a hook. But there was ones about knocking the meeples down and all this other stuff. I just We'll just play the game and have fun. But, yeah, Power Tunes, we got to play that here at the convention. But then the big granddaddy of them all. Scythe. That's right. We got it to the table. So the game that's had all the hype, mm-hmm. the Stonemaier game that everybody's talking about. Everybody got the really nice Kickstarter. We had the chance to sit down and play the big deluxe board with the really extended board and all the nice uh, resources like the uh, the middle little metal ore was like heavy now she added that in from the treasure chest so that was not part of that okay no. i'm sorry i didn't realize but that, that was did not. give you an idea of what the treasure chest well, the type of quality of the treasure chest if you've ever wondered did i really want to spend 30 dollars on the stonemeyer treasure yes. chest that's yes cool. the wood in that's phenomenal the ore is phenomenal that was that was really cool so here we go scythe you could probably listen to a lot of other places and see how how the game plays you can watch rodney he's done a video on it first off when i saw the board you see this big map you see these mechs i'm immediately thinking area control and a lot of head-to-head conflict mm-hmm. and it didn't really play out like that no, it didn't. We all turtled. Do you think we all turtled? We all turtled. Well, we all- I, I talked to several people, and they said, no, it's not heavy, heavy combat. But he said, you guys probably didn't do as much combat as what is typical. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was took me aback. It was like, I was really expecting a lot of that going on. But it ended up being a lot of kind of looking at your board and best maximizing your actions so that you can try to take uh, the two actions at once. There's, there's two actions on the board, the top and the bottom. And your goal is to try to do both of them at the same time. And usually to, to achieve the bottom one, you have to have enough resources in play in order to take advantage of it. Right, yeah. And that, that was the kind of neat effect. Now, like you, when that, everything got laid out and it was being explained to us, the bottom board, that board that had all the f- capabilities of move and produce and um, boister, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this thing, it was, it was overload at first. And I was, sure. I was like... This is going, it's going to take me a few moves to get into this and really understand it. She may take me the whole game, but actually, what it took me like two or three times to figure out okay, I'm seeing how this is going to work. I can see why I can upgrade a cube from move a cube from the top, which will open up an ability from the top, and then let me cover up a needed resource at the bottom. And then also the replayability of the, we randomized the boards, the you, we were this, you were that, and then the player power got moved around as well. My player power was a combat card was a resource for me. That was pretty special. So right now I didn't understand when it was explained to us, and I don't think you did either, the end game scoring. No, I did not. And it wasn't until like three quarters of the game that I started questioning how the in-game scoring work and I totally misunderstood where you have the track on the side where you track popularity and the higher you are in popularity the more valuable the in-game scoring is for things such as territory you control and uh, what was some other things that was on that uh, track oh it was was it power that was on there oh god now I can't even think it's late so two two elements you multiply by that the territory that you control yeah and then the popularity yeah wasn't it yeah, so, no, not the popularity, was the power. Just the power. 
Was it the power? We we're both looking at each other really strange. Just probably, regardless, the fact is, the higher you are on the popularity track, the more those things are worth uh, at the end of the game. I didn't catch that. Right. I just thought it was the popularity track that was be more valuable to you the, the higher you got it up. And I thought the others were scored depending on how you placed. Mm. Like uh, the first person, the first place person would get this amount. The second place person would get this amount, et cetera. And it's not like that at all. Okay. And, and now one thing I didn't realize where I completely forgot because we were playing on the Kickstarter board and it was massive, huge. And I'm over there and, and I'm sitting on the other end of the table, caddy corner from where you place the, you know, if you, when somebody gets six stars, the end game scoring happens. Done. Game's over, right? right. So you had that going on. And I'm like, I forgot all those things that you could do to get a star. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, um, the person who's teaching me, and I'm like, hey, I'm not got many stars. And they look at my board, and they go, wait a minute. Did you put your star out for this? Did you put your star out for this? And then suddenly everybody's looking at me. Why is he getting all these stars out? And I think that messed everybody up, too. Yeah, because we didn't realize you were that close to being done. Yeah, cause, and then I was only four away from getting my last star. Right. Now, that's another mechanic I like of it, too. There's all these things you can do during the course of the game to get your star on the board. And once somebody has all six, the game ends. So it could be like uh, if you do a battle, you get a star out. You do your second battle, you get a star or a win. You get all your mechs out, you get something. Uh, what was that? If you max out your popularity, max out your power, all these ways to put a star out on the board, and that just triggers the in-game scoring. So you can't do them all, and you kind of got to focus on what you want to do. Right. I really like that mechanic. Oh, the other thing I didn't realize is that they were di- – and this was my own fault for not really paying attention, but the different victory points up there. That if you put your star here, you got, like I think it was for popularity, it was 18 victory points or something. Oh, that was actually well, the in-game scoring. For however many stars you have at the top, it was a multiplier based on your popularity. That was the other one. Well, I said, I said, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I said yeah. power, it was actually that. So uh, you, you had six stars, so you got six times whatever you were in your popularity. You maxed out your popularity, so you were getting... Point. You won that game, didn't you? By no, all, I, I was. Oh, I you lost were in by second. Four. I lost by four. Yeah, because the other guy was raking in the money. He had a ton of money over there, and I'm like, wait a minute, well, how this happened? And you know, once again, play a game, figure out the mechanics of right. it. Right. But you're right. What caught me off guard about the game more than anything was the lack of combat. I thought this was going to be more. In your face, getting trying to take over resource. More yeah. of a Kemet takeover. Yeah. I, I agree. And I need to play it again because now I know how it is. I'm pretty sure people are going, Marty, have you not watched videos and see how it is? I've kind of, I have. I've heard people talk about it and I've heard how the rules work, but I just never put the two together right. because really while we were playing, it was a lot of solitary play going on, meaning we really were focused on our boards and not what was really going on around us. We played with five players. So I couldn't see across the table. You were across the table from me. I had no idea what you were doing on your side. Right. Now, I did like the one thing, the one element of being able to, you know, when you recruit and you got that one special player out there, I did like the fact that if your neighbor did that special power, like the produce or, or the enlist, not produce, the, the enlist, the build, that you or upgrade, then if you had uncovered that or recruited that token off, then you got that action if it was your neighbor. Right. One thing I missed, that the sooner you do that or pay attention to what your neighbors are doing, you might want to enlist in that because you know they're going to do it later in the game. Exactly. And I didn't pick up on that until later. Like, I didn't realize how 
good or much needed popularity was because I didn't understand the scoring. So one of my buildings that would have given me a popularity every time they take one of those actions, I didn't catch until the end. And it was happening when they built. They built. Right. Both my neighbors on either side had built everything. So I was going to get nothing when I uh, enlisted and upgraded that. So, yeah. uh, again, there's a, a lot of moving cubes around and everything. But what's neat is every time you move something, you get a benefit. Mm-hmm. You said it perfectly at the very beginning. Uh, when you take a cube from the top of your board and you can unlock it or upgrade it and you pull it from the top, which will unlock something that will give you something special when you take that action, but you can cover up something underneath, which will make stuff cheaper in the future. That's really cool. That is cool. As always, first play with this game, you know, definitely would play it again. Yes. Easily play it again. And I think the second time I play, now that I know how it works, I understand the rules a whole lot better, I think it will be a different game. I think I will be paying more attention to what the people are leaving unguarded for resources. How many combats do we have? We had a five-player game, six or seven combats? Yeah. Maybe 10 at the most. I was only in uh, two. I was in one. one. I was going to say zero, but I was in one. Yeah. That was it. Now, and, but my, my cons- current concern is, because we were learning, and I hope this is not the truth, and I'm sure people will say, no, it's not the truth, combat drug. People playing combat, it just seemed like it took forever for people to select their cards. It's not that hard. It, it's not. Yeah. But... The rest of it seemed to flow pretty well because oh, yeah. you can because it's somewhat solitary. Uh, what people did before you didn't affect you too much, unless it was a combat or something like that. That you can kind of plan ahead that when you got to you, you kind of knew what you wanted to do. Right. Exactly. So that that part kind of moved, and the replayability is is off the charts. Like you said, it's all kind of randomized at the beginning. You know, each board has a different pairing of the actions at the top and the bottom plus the special faction ability, so there's a little bit of asymmetric play. So all that combined just makes for a really unique experience. Oh, and also there's uh, endpoint objectives or, or objectives that you can do to put another star up at the top. Those are different each time, so that may dictate what you want to do on your turn. So a lot of replayability in the game. Right. Overall, our final thoughts on this game, executive summary, on your shelf. I, I can't. i got to play it again but, but because I totally misunderstood what the game was going to be and so now that I understand I need to play it again right now it's one of those things that I would definitely play for sure play again but I'm not going to put it in my cart you know to get to go purchase right now until I do play it again I know for me and based on the fact that you know people I play most with they would not get this game they would not enjoy this game so for me it would not be one I'd put in my cart but it is definitely one like I said, you put it on the table, I would be happy to play it. Hey, Future Tony again here. Now let me just say this. Now that you're back from Gen Con and you've got all these great games, don't you think you want to take care of those expensive purchases you just made? Be sure to go over to thebrokentoken.com and check out all their accessories and inserts to help you A, set up the game, B, keep them very well organized, and C, if you don't have an insert that you would like for the game that you just purchased, be sure to go to their survey and submit your ideas. Maybe Greg will put it in his workshop and figure out what he needs to do with it. Either way, be sure to check out brokentoken.com. Another game that we got to play 
tonight is one that I have already played, but Tony, you had not gotten to play yet, but you were very interest, interested in it, and that's Smurg. Yes. Smurg. 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 It's not Smurg. 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 We're not going to go through that again. Oh, sorry. But anyway, we know you like your worker placement games. Yes, everything's a worker placement game to me. But this is Sci- really a worker. Sci- was a worker placement game. <laughs> was I not putting workers out on the board to produce oh, resources? Please don't start again with okay, me. Okay, sorry. So anyway, we've already talked about uh, this before. I'll kind of explain the mechanics. Uh, this is uh, just in general, you're placing dragons or you're placing spearmen out on the board and collecting resources, converting resources. The kind of unique mechanic is is that you can put your own special action tiles into play, kind of like we talked about before with Lords of Waterdeep where you have new buildings that come into play. These are action tiles where there's additional places to put your workers. And there's this timing mechanic such that those action tiles can be removed from play. For example, if there's no workers on that tile, it goes away. Somebody can spend a sword to get rid of it. Or if there's a certain number of of workers on that tile, it automatically disappears. And then when a certain number is reached, that actually kicks off the end game. So, Tony, you've played through it. What do you think? First off, I got very confused on placing the wilds out and putting the workers here and doing this, and you kept yelling at me, which you were justified in doing. It yes, was, I was. Yes, you were. It I was said not. it several times that you had to put the action card out into the wilds and then place a worker after it. Right. So I'm like, well, I'm placing the worker on the action tile. No, you can't do that. So I, kept, I finally got it down. You know, as, as we were playing this game, I was like, okay, I'm not generating the resources or the um, victory points that I need to help win this game. There's something going on here. But I did grasp, just like any worker placement, you got to get the workers. And so you need the meat. You got to get the meat. And to get the meat, you got to go find the, the various wilds. Meat is one of the resources. Yes. yes. So you got to get the meat. You got to get the food to build up, the, to recruit the workers. And once you got that, you are very good. I, lo- I really enjoyed the mechanic of having, as one of your actions, pulling all your workers back. That was fun. I, I, you know, time. When are you going to time that? How are you going to do that? Do I have to pull them all back, just certain ones? Right. Because you may want to leave one of your workers out on one of the uh, action tiles because if you pulled it off and you were the last one to pull it off, that's going to go away. And you might not want to do that because you're not you might not want that clock to tick towards the end game or there's something on that tile that you really want to use in the future. Right. Overall, you know, of all the worker placement games, yeah, I would love to play this one again, get a better grasp of it. I'm a little concerned about replayability with the game. Okay. I know that we didn't see all these tiles. Correct. Yeah, there's a lot of tiles. And, and the dragon tiles that you can get into play, which allow you to take free actions on your turn, where there's three spots on each dragon tile that usually do something special for you. And when you first get them into play, when you first draw them on one from one of the buildings, you put three tokens on them, and you can remove a token for free, and it usually does something special. So all those are kind of different. If you get a lot of those into play, you might be able to create some really cool synergies on your turn. Yeah. Now, I will say this. My dragon, my dragon tile had a very special ability where I could spend one veggie and get either meat, wood, or stone. Right. I felt that was very powerful because you guys didn't have that capability, and that's how I was able to get my meat. We were starving for meat later in the game. It seems like the tiles that we needed for meat we had discarded earlier, and then none of them came out. Because one of the things you can do is these tiles that you can put into the wilds, these action tiles, there's a market for them. You can put a worker over there and go buy one of those. Well, there wasn't any in the market that produced meat right. at the time. Yeah. 
So I, so I was very fortunate, which I think helped me get my workers out sooner than y'all, maybe not as quick. I mean, y'all were right behind me, but I think it did help a little bit. It was a tight game near the end. It was. And so that's a good sign of a worker placement game. Yep. I have no clue why the board goes up to 100 on worker placement <laughs> on victory po- tokens. They could have stopped at 50. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Well, I guess if you know how to play the game, I guess you can go higher than that. Oh, the other way that the game can end, too, is there's also um, uh, act- tokens at the top of the board where at the end there's in-game scoring. or uh, So at the end of the game, it's based on the types of dragons you have in play. And for each of the dragon tiles have certain uh certain pictures of dragons and you can put uh, scoring markers in top of the play at the, at the uh, top of the board so at the end of the game whoever has the most of a certain type of dragon may score some victory points at right. the end and one of the things is is once you get a bunch of dragon tiles into place is to start digging through that pile for a matching token that has a lot of the dragons you already have and try to get those into play once a certain of those come out that will also trigger the end game also so a lot of a lot of things were happening right there I didn't feel lost on the board at all. uh, The iconography was very easy to understand. I agree with that. We did have to look up a lot of the card tiles, the special cards, just to make sure we understood how those play. So overall, yeah, it it, it was a very fun worker placement game. I'm glad I got to play it. Is it going to replace my all-time favorite of all, Pillars of the Earth? Nah, nothing's ever going to replace that game for me. But, you know, it'd be hard to choose if you put a bunch of different worker placements out there, and it was one of them. Um, it depends on how I feel. I did like the small amount of workers, and, I, and, and it, it always felt like I had a good decision to make. There was never a bad choice. What did you think about the mechanic of where some spots required the dragon rider, and uh, but you also had spearmen that couldn't go there? So there were certain places that you needed a certain type of worker to be able to use it. It didn't matter to me that much. I didn't see a whole lot. We only had two dragons versus three spearmen. So, right. uh, so overall... I didn't feel like it hampered the game that much. No, it wasn't hampering the game. I just didn't know whether it's one of those things you got to kind of manage. It's like, ooh, I really wanted to make sure that I can go to that dragon space later on, but it may force you to pick up your stuff a little bit earlier because maybe you don't have one to be able to put out there. Right. No, I didn't find that to be a deal. I did. I was surprised that we didn't go after those dragon objectives to to try to do that, but I didn't need another dragon. Play it again. If I don't have that dragon that I had, I guarantee you I'll be digging through the dragon pile trying to find something that will help generate. Well, but also remember, too, getting a lot of dragons out there, that's how you score points at the end. I mean, if you were first or second, some of those you would get 10 points, 8 points, depending on where you play. So you had a lot of dragons, you score a lot of points at the end. Enjoyed the game, you know, but then we got to break out a huge game that we've been dying to play. And we played it the first time tonight. Had it not been for my wife, we would still be trying to set the game up. <laughs> Everybody's like, I know what game that is. Oh, gosh. Millennial Blades. I had not broken up in any of the cards, so we got Millennial Blades to the table. Is it Millennial or Millennium Blades? Millennium. Did I say Millennial? Yeah. Either way. It seemed, <laughs> I can understand why it's called Millennium, because... The game's fast, but the setup is forever. Oh, my gosh. I, and when you told me, I, I, I heard a lot of people. T- so this is not a game that everybody hadn't already talked about, right? I think right. we're the last people to even talk about this game. Every other show has been talking about Millennium Blades for quite a while. And I kept hearing about the setup and the money. And I just don't, I was like, I don't understand what you mean until you threw out these stacks of paper bills 
with a band wrapped around them. Yeah. And then you said you had to sort through each of those and wrap all those. Yeah. And that's and that's what it was. But I was dying. I knew there. I'm glad I opened it up and I didn't come here and open it up. I would have been like, oh, put it back up. But yeah, luckily we had a guy here who had knew how to play. He taught us the rules, which was a good darn thing. That was helpful. But you know, so we got it to the table. You and I, big CCG players. This is going to be right up our alley. It, yeah, it had CCG powers. You weren't buying packs, and that's how you score your points. But once again, you know, you get the victory points by score, by winning in the tournaments. That was kind of neat. I like that mechanic. Yeah. So for people who don't know, um, Tony and I are big ccg players or have a history of ccg playing we spent many many years in many ccgs and this is what this game is supposed to mimic being in a ccg environment and a community of going into the store and buying expansion packs and trying to collect sets and trying to sell them and put them on the market and then actually building decks and going to the tournament so that's what it's trying to mimic so i ask you tony did you feel like it mimicked that no oh interesting no why not because all i was doing was yeah i was trying to build a deck but i was trying to hopefully put together uh, maybe it did i don't know i, I never I ne- <laughs> it's gone from no to i don't, I don't know, know. To, what about you i'm going to think a little bit more about what do you think i saw what it was trying to do yeah it didn't give me, a lot of people said it gave them that rush of when they walked into the store and they ripped open a booster pack. And I, I did not feel that. No. Uh-uh. I mean, basically, you just got a market of cards. And yes, they're face down and you're taking a chance that you might pay for something and get something you want. Yes. And they said, oh, there was this great satisfaction of throwing down these wads of money and stuff. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't sense that. It was just like it was just kind of a blind draw, hoping I got what I want. Uh, you, we did start out with the uh, with a starter deck, which kind of set you on the path of what you wanted to do, right? So it was a certain type of faction that you were probably already going to start working with and get cards for that faction to try to synergize together. So, for example, I was looking for one type of card, you were looking for another. So you hoped when you bought a card it was one that you that would match for you, and most of the time it didn't. No, and then there was one time when the 10 cards we could buy off the store were all from the core deck. And I'm like, okay, I can't read the, you know, the elements and things like that to figure out if it's going to pull me my water cards that I need or my fire cards that I need. And then I completely blew my deck at the end of it. And I think that gave me a bad taste because I misunderstood that. I was very confused by the blast-off action. Nowhere on that card did it say blast-off, flip the card. Mm-hmm. Right? But in the book, it says to use this function, you got to flip the card. Right. And, but then on the card, it says flip, get these points. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go FAQ that bad boy. Right. What do they mean by that? Do, do I, when I flip it, I get the points? Or does Blast Off cancels the flip? I don't know. I got, I got to look that one up. So how did you feel? So there's two parts to this, right? There's the uh, deck building portion. Right. There's the tournament portion. So the deck building is supposed to mimic you going into a store and buying cards and collecting and collecting sets and whatnot. Did you, did you feel it made it feel like you did when we played the CCGs? No. I remember going into the game store, buying Lord of the Rings TCG cards, and opening those up and rushing to see the rare. Okay. No feeling at all of that. Did I get the rare? Which one did I get? What were my uncommons here? I never had that feeling for it. Right. You know, it was just blind 
throw down money, pull a card. Does it work for me? It not? No. Keep buying cards. Oh, maybe I got enough to go to get the, the bronze, silver, or gold promo packs type things. During that same phase, there was also the market where you could put cards out to buy and sell. <laughs> well, we put stuff out there, and we got some money for, for putting it out there. I kept constantly looking at the market. There was just nothing that, that I really needed. Now, I did do the thing where you could, one of the actions is you turn in a bunch of cards, and you get those special cards on the, the promos on the side. The I was doing that trying to dig for things. But again, the whole goal is to try to have some sort of synergy with the cards you have in your hand for scoring. And then what's I do like the timing mechanic where it's timed. You have seven minutes, seven minutes, then six, because one person they were playing with said, you know, somebody who doesn't know a lot about this style of game could get some serious AP. And I said, well, that's why the clock's in place, because you got a 30, 35 cards maybe you're staring at that you're in your hand, you're trying to fit together somehow. If it didn't have a clock, it'd be brutal. Oh, it would be. And, and that's part of your time. You get, you get dealt the six cards. you got to figure those out, see how they fit. Deck boxes, deck protectors, accessories, attachments. No, that was kind of cool. All, all that, that was stuff, in yeah. there. Yeah, the scoring, figuring out how to do scoring. When we went to the tournament, that was very easy to follow. So the tournament, let's talk about that, how that worked. Basically, right, usually right at the very end of the deck building portion is where you need to build a deck of eight cards, a deck protector, and two accessories to take into the tournament. So that's supposed to be like, oh, I'm at home, and I'm building up my deck to take into the tournament. Go to the tournament phase, and basically you just play a card, one card at a time, and you resolve it. It may be a scoring card that will score at the end of the tournament. It may be a play, which you immediately take that action. Uh, it may be a flip to where if you flip it some, at some point in time, you get to take that action. So the idea is to get these cards to work together. And like you said, some of the cards are like copy the card to the immediate left or do something to the immediate left or uh, flip a card and then score based on what you have in play. So the idea is to get all those cards working together. And I think was that you put out six cards uh, for your tournament. So the idea is that the tournament consists of you playing six cards, and then at the very end you go into the scoring phase where all each of the cards that say score will trigger. And typically I believe the deck the deck protector also had the scoring, uh, which may say... Deck box. The, deck, the box. deck box had it. Like for me, it said for every this particular type of uh, symbol, you got like eight points per. So obviously my goal was to try to get as many of those as I could right. to get score, the points at the end. Right, no, I had one, the best one I ever did, I had all water type, but, but one thing we didn't do a lot of was the clashing. Not at all. I didn't have the fight cards. I, I never got the, the military type cards, the clash cards. I mean, it was real simple. Turn over the top card, turn over the top card, whoever had the highest war card. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you took your top card, turned over a blind card from the store and add them up and whoever the highest won. And then whoever yeah. won that clash would get a certain amount of points. I actually purposely put one of the accessories in play where I could cancel a clash from even happening. There was maybe one clash, two. I had a clash, and I think there was another one. That was about it. That, that was it over, over the whole course of the game. So there wasn't a lot of head-to-head. There was a little bit. I did have a card where it says everybody lose 20 points. Yeah. So there was a little bit of uh, player interaction with that, but that was about it. Now, we did play with what they recommend as the starter game. So other of the expansions or whatever that we would include into a future game may have more of that. We just have to figure out how to do, you know, look through them and see what we want to do. I do think the more you play this game, the more you'll understand how the cards work, even though we saw, even if the different elements or types that were in play, they all pretty much had the same effect. So it really didn't matter what set you're starting with or whatever, then you got the abilities. They were close to the same, so you really won't have to relearn a whole bunch of new cards. That's true. And there are a bunch of cards in this game. 
Holy cow, that market deck is huge. I guess you had to sort through all those things too. Well, they were already sorted apart and we just have to stick them together. Now, if I ever want to break it down, then yeah, I got to pull all that apart and put in the other ones and go from there. Wow. A lot of people have already talked about this game already. Like I said, that's why we didn't really, really focus on the rules a lot. We wanted to play it because Tony and I are old school CCG players. Does it give that feeling, that sense, that anticipation? To me, I saw it more of a deck building game than a game that's like a CCG. I didn't get the, like I've already mentioned, the rush of opening the cards to try to put together a better deck, to, the same rush I get when I'm trying to strategize. There, the, the, to me, what makes the CCG or LCG is the strategy of building a great deck. Who knows what's going to happen with it? I mean, it's a good game. Will I play it later? Yes, we'll play it again. we got to keep playing it again sure. and, and then just see where it goes. I'm glad we got to play it. But it is, to me... It's not a CCG. It didn't give me that feeling. I think the idea was was there. I, some people have said who had never played a CCG, they didn't care for it. Because it's like, if this is what a CCG about us, I really don't care. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's, uh. thematically it's somewhat there. But again, we'll play it again. Hopefully the setup won't be as bad next time. No. I know I walked around the, the convention center for about 15 minutes while you're trying to set this thing up. Yes, but it's ready to go. We're, we'll get it. <laughs> awesome. Now, granted, when this show comes out, Gen Con is over. Yes. Our Gen Con preview is somewhat coming out right after Gen Con. So it's not really a preview. Not really a preview. It's, it's just it's like, what, let's, let's say it is more of a, we hope this is what you got to experience <laughs> at Gen Con from a preview that, did you get to experience everything you had hoped? Yes. And, and so this is what Marty hopes he gets to. So a show after this one releases, you will get to hear did he really get to experience it? Right, exactly. And there were some games I'm looking forward to uh, going into it. We've already talked about Cry, Cry Havoc. I think that's going to be a big deal. Seafall is going to be a big deal. It's yeah. going to be very hard to get, so I'm not even going to try to get it there. We'll pre-order it if we want that one. Terraforming Mars from Stronghold Game mm -hmm. I'm very interested in. It looks like a really cool, interesting Euro that I want, want to go check out. Okay. Even though I'm somewhat tired of Pandemic, the Pandemic Cthulhu game I'm very interested in because it's Cthulhu. All right. And see, now this is where I'm interested in you trying this one out. I'm not even going to pre-order this one like I thought I would oh. because I love my Pandemic. As mm -hmm. a matter of fact, we played it the other night. We easily won standard Pandemic again. You know what? I don't know if the, the, the people I play pandemic with will be all into pandemic cthulhu so i'm counting on you to come back and say oh it's it's more than pandemic and then i may go from there yeah i hope there's some mechanisms about it that makes it feel uh different but with halloween coming up and everything the family yeah. is really into that sort of thing so that's one that we would bring out at exactly. halloween yeah. uh of course another big ip game i'm very interested in is legendary encounters firefly now my son travis really loves that system and he has alien he has predator do I need a third? Sure. I will, because it's Firefly. And oh, the yeah. idea, from what I understand, is like you're actually playing some of the episodes. So the scenarios are playing through episodes and everything. And I believe this is based on the TV show, not the movie. I'm really curious to see how that works. I like that encounter system. Uh, we already understand how it works. Mechanically, I'm not expecting a lot different. But still, the only thing that I dread is the problem with the legendary encounters is the sorting. Yeah. Well. It's a nightmare. 
because okay. uh, you have to separate all the cards into different things, and they're, they're not sorted together when you get them out of the box. Hopefully they change that, but I'm not assuming that they have, so that's another one I'm looking forward I to. i tell you what, as long as they don't give you a whole bunch of paper money to wrap bands around, I think you can handle it. Did that really achieve what they were trying to do? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm very interested. I hope you get that, and we get to... We do get to play that. I'm I'm interested in the that Alien didn't really do anything for me though. It's a great game. Predator, you know those IPs don't. But this legendary Firefly, that that one I know I would enjoy seeing. Yeah, then we'll definitely have you over and uh, give it a shot. And the ex- Ashes expansions come out at Gen Con. Uh, I'll be picking those up. I picked those up. If this is afterwards, hopefully I will. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you want to give me some money to pick you up some, or if you pre-ordered. I'm on the fence on this. I'm not oh, getting a, I'm not getting a lot of play out of Ashes, you know? Now, they've, they've canceled locally. They've canceled our Ashes Monday night. Well, we weren't going anyway. We get together on a different time and play. Yeah, and even then I don't get to. But either way, either way, do I, I don't know. I don't know if well, I need this. This is the last Ashes for the rest of the year. There's no more new one after this. So it's not like it's not like the FE, FFG LCG where next month there's something new coming I understand. out. So it's probably, you know, five to six months before we even see anything else new. I know. I mean, yeah, I'll probably do a pre-order of it. I'll, I'll think about it and see. I know it's going to probably sell out. Good gosh. For me, I've yet to play that game well. So I'm kind of not sure where I am on it right okay. now. We do have a pretty good core of people playing here. In fact, we saw two of our buddies here yeah. playing today. We have a local game store that's going to be opening up near us, a brand new one. And all of us are thinking about, hey, we'll just do our Ashes Nights over there because we all kind of live near that store and meet up over there and, and see how that goes. So uh, that'll be there, too. So is there anything that you're looking forward to hear about from Gen Con? It was released recently about a new um, RPG-style game, and that is from, what is it, Modif- Modifius. Modifius. And that is the Star Trek RPG. So I need you to run over there and sign us up to... Beta test, play test, whatever, and grab me a Captain Picard figure. I don't know if you'll make it. I don't. That's fine if you don't. But yes, I'm very interested in what they're going to say there. I know it's not being released or anything like that, but you know, I'm I'm interested in the news. And then, of course, the Lord of the Rings RPG from yes, from a Cubicle Seven, which is based on D and D. I actually contacted them uh-huh. and I said, "Hey, any news?" And it's like, uh, "You'll be hearing something soon." So that means I assume it's not going to be at Gen Con. Uh, I know that we're shooting for Gen Con, but that's one of those things, too. When this new store opens up, we might have a place that we can go over there and actually maybe get an RPG group going for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm looking forward. So if we do Seafall Legacy, an RPG, when will I have time to do Ashes? Okay, see, that's my point. <laughs> and, then, and then from Gale Force 9, Star Trek Ascendancy. Ascend, yes. Ascendancy, yes. Ascendancy, yes. I'm really interested in that game. Uh, it's the year of Star Trek because of all the... 50th anniversary and so forth and so on. I mean, tonight, Kevin, a good friend of ours, he was over there playing the Castle Panic Star Trek. That looked incredible. That looked good. That's the first time I'd seen that. I was very impressed with that. I was very impressive. I didn't get to play it, but it looked really neat. But So I'm, I'm interested in that game as well. Gale Force 9, I mean, you know, they, they hit it out of the park with Tyrants of the Underdark for mm-hmm. us. So I'd be interested to see how that turns out. Been reading the rule book online. On Incidency? Uh-huh. Is it a Forex game? Uh, I believe so, but you know, don't. It's late. Don't quote me on that. Mm. Did you say how long it plays? Which those tend to be long. Once again, I've been playing games all day. I you don't, said you read the rule I've book. I read. I've started reading the rule book. I was looking it's at the, like on the very first page. How many people does it play? And I don't how long does it take? I, I read. I jump past setup. 
Let's go into gameplay. Let's see if it's a gameplay I like to play. You probably missed some very important rules on setup. I'm sure I did, and I'll rant about that later. But anyway. <laughs> but other than that, no, you know, I'm not hearing the buzz. What, what's wrong? What am I, of what? What do you mean not hearing Gen the buzz? Con? I'm not paying attention to anything coming out about Gen Con. I'll be honest with you. It seems like a lot of the I buzz... I'd you not to be honest uh, with me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of the things that I've heard about Gen Con is kind of already there. Uh, it's not like a Gen Con. Come experience this for the first time. It's game, Well, Seafall is one. Nobody's experienced Seafall, but when you talk about Cry Havoc, well, people have been playing Cry Havoc somewhat. Uh, Ignacy's been taking that game around. People have been playing it. There's been videos about it, but there's really nothing on, on Seafall or anything. So I'm hoping I'm hoping caught by surprise. Yeah. I'm hoping there's something that pops up that we're not expecting. Oh, Codename, codename Pictures. I'm picking that up. forgot about that. Okay, go for it. Okay, I'm picking that up. Okay, good. Do you not want a copy of that either? No. Really? I don't need a co- I got codenames. I played it a whole bunch and then I stopped. So why do I need why my pictures? Why you to be this way? I'm not trying to be this way. I'm just saying. I'm, I realize. Okay, so I'm cleaning out the game cabinet. Yes. I'm, my, I'll admit my game cabinet is nothing like your game cabinet. But I'm, I'm looking through it and I'm thinking to myself, like I brought tonight. I, I was dying to play Railways of the World. I hauled that Big butt box all the way to Origins. I hauled that big butt box all the way to Mega Moose Con. I've yet to break that game open. You know, I hope I get to play it. So my, I guess my point is there's enough in my cabinet that I can wait. I can live through you. <laughs> I know, you know? What do you mean live through me? I mean, it's not like I'm going out there and buying tons of games either. I know. I, and I guess. we got it, and we got to play the new stuff because people want to hear about that stuff. I, I know they do, and we will definitely be playing the new stuff. It's just funny because you know how you go through that period where you're just like, "Why haven't I played this in a while?" Oh no, dude! I am totally the same way. I mean, this poll that you put on our guild about what do you do with games when you stop playing if you run out of space? Yeah, and I'm like yeah, trade sale. Trade sale. Okay. Trade sale. I'm, I mean, I'm not at the type of go buy another shelving unit. I want to trade sale because if they're not being played, mm-hmm. then somebody else will play them. Right. Hey, we did a math trade uh, here at Mega Moose Con, and I traded away game and got Twilight Struggle that I'm excited about that we're going to be playing in the future and talking about in a future episode. I know you are, and I'm looking forward to that because that is just awesome. But once again, I was, I mean, case in point. Yes. I've got the Star Wars Rift right there. I'm like, man, why haven't I played this with, with Donna? Because it's Risk. It's not risk. I'm just is. Yeah, no. I'm kidding. No, Star Wars risk is good. Right. I'm kidding with you. Yeah. So, so there's, you know, it's one of those things where I'm really looking forward to the new games from Gen Con. I can't wait to hear the Fantasy Flight in-flight report and what they're, what they're going to release, where my wallet is going to go. Portals, you know, cry havoc. Oh, my gosh. Just unreal stuff. Can I rant on FFG for a second? In a minute. <laughs> Passport. <laughs> You know, and passport. I know. I know. You, well, that'll be on the uh, app. I'll have my app. Oh, Takeda. Yeah, Takeda. I don't think it's going to be out of Gen Con though. Uh, Scott, get on the stick. Let's go. <laughs> and so anyway, you know, there's going to be there's going to be something that's going to catch my eye. There's going to be the hidden gem. Oh yeah, I agree. What are you going? Why are you going to run on Fantasy Flight? Come on. Name the last big game that FFG has released that was not based on IP. That pause is not for effect. There is, I can't think of anything. Let me think, n- name the biggest games, some of the biggest games they've released recently. Well, Armada. Star Rebellion. Wars. Star Wars. I'm not disputing. Oh, I'm you. just saying. Uh, re-release of Game of Thrones. Yep. CCG. Game. Uh, Warhammer. Based on uh, the Forbidden Stars, based on 40K. 40K. Yeah, Warhammer Quest. Uh, we actually we have sitting over here. You're right. Based on that. 
There, there isn't. Well, what's your point? What's your point? Okay, I mean, I guess they have Runebound. Okay. Okay, there, there, there's, there's a good one. There, there's a big game that came out uh, recently. Their Descent stuff is good. I'm really curious, and I really hope that FFG comes up with something new that's not based on the existing IP that they already have. Now, granted, I know that just prints money. You put Star Wars in front of anything, and it's going to sell like crazy. Yeah, but, well, okay, maybe they're following the Hollywood model. Name me one movie. Name me one blockbuster movie that's not based on IP. That is an awesome question. So what's the, been the biggest movies? Okay. No. Would you consider Finding Dory, which was a big, big summer movie? I, I, I more guess of a my sequel. point is, is it, name me one that hasn't been a sequel. Name a sequel or based on that's existing been block, yeah, IP. It's been a big blockbuster lately. There really hasn't been one this summer, has there? Mm-hmm. Captain America? Captain America, Finding Dory, Dory. The Conjuring. Angry Birds, over a million. Yeah, but that's based on IP. That's true. It's based on an IP. So, so, so there's nothing left original. We're, we're done. <laughs> what do you think about That's it? That's it. I mean, I understand your rant. I mean, but hey, come to the dance with the date that brought you. Dance with the, the, one, the, one, the one that brought you. Yeah, dance, dance with, with the one, the one that brought you. That's the expression. That's it. Yeah. No, I totally get it. And and I'm sure FFG dumped a bunch of money into acquiring this license, and so they want to use them. And again, you, you throw. You know, if they were to say Star Wars, Twilight Imperium people would lose their flipping minds okay knock themselves out well i'm just saying yeah, I'm, i mean I'm with you, you. especially if you take an existing one mm-hmm. and then retheme it uh prime example uh, the new game of thrones game they just announced is cosmic encounter at its core with the game of thrones theme okay and people are going nuts okay well if that's what makes them happy oh, i know that i'm just saying it'd be interesting just to see them come out with something just totally brand well, new well, let's let them stick to what they want to do and we'll let stonemeyer come up with the original we'll let portal you know come up with no a that's that's a good point that that's a good point i mean we just played this really nice game of scythe uh, original uh setting and everything the setting is really cool it's it yeah no you're right yeah that's fine you're right the yeah. fhe will, will live off basically off ip right now and everybody else will do the original stuff exactly as i sit over here and look at a huge display of Star Wars X-Wing. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting right beside a booth uh, from a local game store, and he has basically one whole corner of the table mm-hmm. uh, based on X-Wing, Star Wars X-Wing and Armada. So have have a great time at Gen Con. Yes, yes, I, I will. I, I hope to. hope to bring a lot of good uh, stuff back. I'll be doing a lot of social media there, and again, this came out afterwards, so hopefully I did a lot of social media and, and sharing and everything there. Mega Moose Con's incredible. They've already talked about trying to pick a date for next year. Uh, we'll for sure be back. It's just too close not to come back. Mm-hmm. It was a really good crowd. He's looking at uh, reserving this exact same location again. Hopefully now after one year, people know this, okay, this thing's going to work. It was stable. It went well. And I'll just bring even more people in the future. And we know we don't expect people from far, far away to come in, but the, the Carolinas. Yes. Very yeah. centrally located in the Carolinas. Yeah, so that's and like good. I said, had a couple hundred uh, this year. Definitely will grow. This place, this is a nice convention center. It's got room to grow. The tables are really spread out right now, but you can condense some of these and uh, even get more people in here. And he said there's a whole other room that he has access to that we're not even using. There you go. I mean, if you think about it, that people can also come. you got Carowinds nearby. Plenty of golf. I'll admit it's 100 degrees this weekend, so that may not be the smart thing to do. And then hopefully the Whitewater Center will have its brain-eating amoebas taken care of. Yeah, we're not kidding about that. No, our, our, we have a local. It's called the Whitewater Center. It's a place where you can have like man-made rapids. It's where the Olympics held their trials and things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There are brain-eating amoebas in the water. Yeah. 
So anyway, we feel sorry for the poor individual that. Yeah, I'm so the, that was. Yeah, we're just trying to make light of that, but it's just you think what? Yeah, yeah. that we've actually had that going on. That's here. just unreal. So either way, I tell you what, let's let's get here. Let's 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 stop rolling dice and taking names. Thanks for listening. We love interacting with gamers. So come join our BGG Guild or follow us on Facebook. Plus, we would love some great reviews from you on iTunes. And be sure to join us next time as we celebrate our 100th episode where we give our post-Gen Con thoughts plus our first ever RDTN game show with lots of special guests. You don't want to miss it. You know, one of the biggest things I wanted to do at this convention, Marty? What was that? Maintain my title belt for Thunder Road. But no, Mr. Avery. Mr. Avery didn't bring it out, and I'm not here tomorrow. Oh, I'll bring it out right now. I'm getting. I'm going to get the game right this second, and I will kick your butt in it. Gen Con is over. That means all these games that were released at Gen Con, you probably want to go check out and you probably want to bring home. And you can do that by going to funagain.com, taking all those new games, putting them in your cart. Maybe they're just right now on pre-order where they're a little bit cheaper. Go ahead and do your pre-orders. Get your order over 100 Get free shipping. Now's the time to do it, people, because a lot of these games will be hot. They'll sell out if you pre-order. You're guaranteed to get it. So go check it out at funagain.com.